Football is back and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Sup, sup, sup. Welcome to The Answers here at Sohi here. No Chris Ryan this week, but we have with us a very exciting guest. Uh, my friend and former Clipper blog colleague, um, a partial Clipper blog reunion happening over here. Uh, and current NBA writer for The, for the Athletic. Yovan Buha, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I, I just got back from the road. My voice is, is hoarse, so I'm, I'm back to my baseline level of NBA health during the season. Uh, it, it's th- Things are good. I'm happy to be traveling again. Uh, I'm happy NBA basketball is back, and it, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. You said you said it was five flights in 36 hours? Yeah, it might, might have been like four, 48 hours. Uh, I guess technically 48, but yeah, it was uh, L.A. to... LA to San Antonio direct, San Antonio to Dallas to OKC, and then OKC to Salt Lake City to LA. Some of some of my favorite NBA stops. The, right yes, there. The, 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 the top five NBA <laughs> cities all, all in one trip. <laughs> um, so the reason I wanted to have you on today is because you wrote honestly like one of the most interesting features I've I've read in a while, and it it aligns with a lot of different things that I'm interested in. Um, it's about Nikola Jokic um, and his complicated relationship with uh, with Serbia, his home country. And if anybody who hasn't read it, I would recommend, like, honestly, just pause this and and go read it. It's a fascinating story. Um, it gets into a lot of different complicated things, just individual goals versus versus collective goals like parasocial relationships fandom expectations um yeah it's a really fascinating story um and i also feel like it's one of the most like despite the fact that he didn't participate and and we can get into that um one of the most illuminating articles i've ever read about Jokic himself uh just because i don't think i really understood the place that he was from and now that I kind of understand it a little bit better and even understand the frustrations that some of uh, some of the people in Serbia, some of the basketball fans have with him, I kind of get why he operates the way that he does, too, just in terms of being like one of the more probably one of the most unselfish uh, 
NBA stars ever. Uh, so let's uh, let's hop into this. The first thing I want to talk to you about is uh, kind of how this story started and uh, and how it evolved over time. <laughs> yeah. So back in in April, uh, I think what was when it it was kind of clear Jokic was probably going to win MVP, and I, I pitched to my editors I wanted to do uh, a Jokic feature on what does it mean to Serbia for him to win MVP? And you have this rich basketball history in Serbia and former Yugoslavia with just, uh, you know, Vladi Divac, Peja Stojakovic, different players uh, and gold medals, silver medals. And, and, you know, historically they are one of the uh, better nations in, in international basketball. So uh, I thought like he is the evolution of that. He is the evolved version of Vladi Divac, right? And uh, just the the passing, the shooting, the unselfishness. Uh, but he's doing that at a superstar MVP level, and uh, you know, I think also kind of characterizes uh the the modern NBA and, and the way that the game has changed internationally. Just the the third European player to win MVP behind Dirk and Giannis, and the first Serbian. So, uh, me being half Serbian, my dad's from Serbia. He came here in 1988. Uh, it it just was a natural fit. Uh, and it, it all was kind of lining up to be that story of what does it mean for Serbia? You know, how proud are they of, of Jokic? Uh, he wins MVP and every, like, you know, he's the king of Serbia. Everybody loves him. And then eight days later, he releases a statement withdrawing from the national team. And at that point, Serbia, despite winning a silver medal in 2016, uh, because the Olympic rules are so weird, uh, like to me, if you win a medal in, the, like the 2016 Olympics, you should automatically qualify for the 2020 Olympics. Like that's just how it should be, yeah, but that's not how it works. Uh, so they had to, they had an Olympic qualifying tournament in Belgrade a couple weeks after Jokic and the Nuggets were eliminated. And he withdrew from that and ne- never really specified if he would have returned for the Olympics. But I think the, th- the assumption was he wouldn't have. And Serbia lost in the gold medal game in that qualifying tournament in Belgrade. Uh, to Italy. Italy makes the Olympics. Serbia doesn't. And they go from, again, winning a silver medal in 2016 to not even making the Olympics uh, in 20, technically 2021, but the 2020 Olympics. Uh, So from that point on, he became like public enemy number one in Serbia. And there's this uh, tabloid in Serbia that published a story calling him a national traitor. And it's just, if if you go on the, the, the deep dive searches on on reddit and twitter like serbian fans are are so mad at him and there's like you know never put on a a national team jersey again and uh just all all these different like they were really passionate and really upset and and for months even to this day uh, many of them are still upset so that just naturally changed the direction of the story where i felt it would be disingenuous to say like serbia you know there's this great relationship between nikola Jokic and serbia like that's not the current state of it so for me, it became about contextualizing it, talking about talking about that eight day period of everybody, you know, loving him and, and being so proud of him, and then talking about the the, the kind of reaction and, and backlash to it, and why it's so important for Serbia, why it's so important, frankly, for basically every other country except the United States, for their star players to play for their national teams, and how important winning a medal is for these countries. Like that is winning an NBA championship times ten for those countries. So uh, I think 
that was the goal with the story. And, and uh, you know, it just kind of evolved from there, from, from talking to different like Vladi Divots and, and different Serbian legends, talking to people in Serbia, and then really just kind of piecing it all together. Yeah, I think uh, the the relationship that international players have with their home countries is always really interesting uh, because like they have to deal with expectations from two different fan bases. And I think that's really, really difficult. Um, and, you know, you can see, you know, their goal, like, you know, you have your individual goals in the NBA. And I mean, those are also also collective goals, actually, like you're on a team. Um, and then there's the country and there might not be, even if it is the Olympics, like unless you think you can actually medal, there might not be a lot of glory in it. Um, and it can make players not necessarily want to go. The The NBA season is also just way more demanding than it used to be. Um, and I think it's like created a lot more of these situations. Like just being in being in Canada, it's it's actually almost always been like this. Uh, you know, there was there were people as Steve Nash was aging and he wasn't going to play in the qualifiers. Like there were people that were very upset about that. And then, you know season later he's he's retired and you kind of understand where he was coming from like he obviously wasn't going to be ready um and you know you've had a andrew wiggins and like this this happens right like this isn't like that um unprecedented of a situation but i think like the thing that's really different about this is just like what you mentioned about just the way that that serbia cares about basketball but also like this seems to be like a sort of like you described it as a nationalist nationalistic pride where like you're expected to to seed your own individual goals for for the sake of the country um that the individual just doesn't matter as much now obviously it's very different from 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 America um when did you like i guess when did you kind of realize like is that something that you've always like just growing up like in your own life known to be a thing or was it kind of like just going and traveling like and, and being there and asking these questions that made you realize that like this is a little bit different i i think it was a, a little bit of both I, I definitely knew there was that attitude but i i would have guessed that the portion of the country that was upset with him would have been a, a small like you know maybe a quarter of the country a third of the country but it was like unanimously everyone i spoke to was like no it's like 80 90 percent of people like you know, if if you just walked up to ten random people on the street, eight or nine of them would be upset with him, and and not just like like you know like f him like like really like aggressively upset about it. And I think for Serbia in, in particular, uh, th there's a pride with their basketball and, and how much success they've been able to have, and and having a a silver medal situation. And uh, you know they they. They got blown out in the the gold medal game to the U.S., but actually in the ex, you know the exhibition kind of pre medal play, uh, Jokic had a great game, had a, had a thirty point game where Serbia went down to the wire with the U.S. and actually almost beat them. Which uh, you know it's rare to have like a single digit uh, performance against the U.S. in, in terms of like deficit. Uh, so like th that's something that like Serbians still hold on to. Like five years later, they're they're talking mm -hmm. about that game, and like that just shows you it's just that how. You I mean you alluded to it, like the difference in international play importance in other countries is like, like for them that is like, again like the finals, but on like just a grander scope where like mm -hmm. you know it, it just they, they all care so much about it. Uh, so I, I think for me, it, it quickly became like at first I was like, okay, I, I can't ignore this. I have to put this in the story, and and maybe now it's its own section. But the more people I spoke with, it just became like this is the story. I, I can't yeah. get away from this. Like, and, and even 
won't get into too many details with this, but like there were like there there were some of the interviews I did where like I was talking to someone and it's going great. They're, they're giving me all this stuff on Jokic, all this perspective. The second we talk about the national team, you could tell their demeanor changed, and it was kind of like I don't really want to touch this. Like I don't want to talk about it. And like th- there were some people that just wouldn't talk about it, and it like you you can just tell like whatever I said like how how you know. What are your conversations like with Serbians back home and, and mm-hmm. you know, your, your friends, your family? What are they saying about it? And that's when they would kind of tense up and be like, well, people are mad at him. And like, I, you know, yeah. don't quote me on this. I'm, I'm going to stay out of it. But like people are really upset. And at that point, I just was like, I, I, I have to make this the story. Like th- this is the story here is just this complicated relationship where for eight days they could love you and, and treat you like the king and, you know, put you right up there with, with uh, you know, Novak Djokovic and you're like the the biggest star in Serbia and you make one decision. And honestly, like let's, I think not enough has been made of like, he had legitimate reasons not mm-hmm. to play. I mean, number one, there's still an ongoing pandemic. So anyone who just doesn't feel comfortable traveling and, and playing in that, you know, an international setting where you're bringing a bunch of people from different countries, like that's one thing. Two, his wife was pregnant and, uh, you know, they, they were expecting a baby in, in late in summer. They wanted to be in Denver for kind of, uh, a, a lot of the the medical care and and, and just sort of uh, having their their child born in, in the United States and in Denver, and then three, he's played the most minutes of every, of any NBA player over the past two seasons when factoring in regular season and playoffs. You, you had the Nuggets make uh, a conference finals run uh, in the bubble, and then last season make a, a conference semifinals run, and he played in every single game and, and you know was in the you know mid to high thirties. So. If anyone deserved a break after the past couple seasons, it was Nikola Jokic. And, you know, I, I think one issue though, and and I maybe could have touched on this a little bit more in the story, was was like he kind of just released a statement that just said, like, I'm withdrawing. And I think the sentiment for a lot of Serbians was like, if he had held a press conference and like did a 10 to 15 minute, I'm gonna take like five to seven questions from Serbian media. I maybe even talk about like because he he didn't mention the pregnancy. His dad actually like the backlash got so bad that his dad came out and told the press, like, hey, they're expecting a baby, like back off, basically. And if he had been a little bit more forthright, like it's it's almost like Serbia felt like he broke up with them over text and they wanted like a FaceTime or they wanted yeah. an in-person interaction where he just basically sent a breakup text to Serbia, hey, I'm not playing in the Olympics. And they wanted more of reasoning behind it rather just him saying, oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired after the last two seasons. Well, but he has like, he he has also faced uh, some backlash and has like kind of a strange relationship with the Serbian media from the past, right? Yeah. So it's similar thing in 2017, the year after the uh, Olympics, he withdrew uh, in, and that was a, a contract summer for him. So he, he was looking to get paid from the Nuggets and was, was kind of prioritizing Denver over the Serbian national team. Uh, so that was the the Eurobasket uh, European Championships. He withdrew, and Serbia got fifth place. Oh, no, sorry, they actually lost in uh, they lost in the gold medal game. And then the next time he played was 2019, and they were the favorites for that tournament, and they got fifth place. And so, like that, like there was kind of the backlash had been building basically post 2016 because 2016 was his real breakout of he's now the star of Serbia. He helped them win a silver medal. And from that point, it was like he skipped the next tournament. Then the, the the tournament after that, they underachieve. And then the next tournament, which is the Olympics, he withdraws. So 
this has kind of been building for several years now. And this is sort of the nadir of the relationship of just that, you know, they feel like he doesn't value the national team the way a star should in Serbia. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. I mean, it kind of feels like, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it kind of feels like he feels like they're not going to understand regardless. I think so. Uh, I like, I, I think had he, let's say he did the press conference, right? I think there still would have been maybe half the people that were upset with him still would have been upset. But I think there were people who were just like, the way you kind of presented this and told us just lacked empathy to how we feel about the situation. So if you yeah. don't care about us, we have an issue with you basically. Yeah. Yeah, and there also is something worth adding where, like, I think that, like, the relationships that international fans have with players are also just, like, deeper than I think, it, yeah. like, people here could imagine. It's not something that I've, like, personally experienced either, right? Like, I don't have anybody that I go and, like, I don't get up at 2 a.m. to watch somebody that is playing, like, across, you know, like, across an ocean and representing my country. And, you know, like, the 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 sense of pride and connection that you feel for, for a person when they're in that. Like, I'm kind of firmly in the camp of, like, you still, like, I don't think you sh- that gives you right to, like, you know, dictate what somebody else does. But I get where the frustration comes from because this is essentially, I mean, this is a trade-off of fandom, right? Like, you just kind of, you end up being beholden to the expectations of of the people who love you. Um, and he, unfortunately, just like he has, he has two really passionate fan bases and he can only really, I like one of the struggles seems to just be the fact that like, he can only really serve one of them in like, at least in the context of what the modern NBA is and in like everything that he did last season. He played every game last season. Like, and no no one, like, I think, I think a couple of role players did that. No one who was an all-star, no one who had like the load that he had actually did that. Like there was a very clear reason he was, he was the MVP. And it's really, I mean, the thing that's so interesting to me about this is just that like everything that, you know, the fans are upset about with him about you understand. And you almost feel like he understands it too, because like these characteristics of, of realizing that like you do have an obligation to something and that like, you know, you, you know, like your indiv- like your individual goals don't matter that much. That is very much informed, like in everything that Jokic does, like you can see it in like just his playmaking and like, you know, the, the assist totals every single year. Um, but like also just like the way he is in Denver, you know, like he's just like, he's such a like low, low maintenance and like low, like media, low, like spotlight usage (laughs) star, I guess, which I think matters. Um, and it like, it's allowed that team to just really build a culture around that. Like it is one of the, I don't know. Did you like, did you go to Denver at all? Like, cause I've always felt like it's like one of the happiest locker rooms in the NBA (laughs) and he's, he's always been a big part of that. And it's like, it's just ironic because like you can see like reading your story, you can see like this country 
and its characteristics, its values, like it made him who he is. And it kind of turned him into this person who now feels like, well, the obligation is actually to somebody else. Yeah. So I, I, the, the opening scene is I, I'm at this pub in, uh, in Serbia and one of, I'm with my cousin and his friends. And, and one of the things, uh, one of the friends said was like, Jokic is the symbol of Serbia. He is everything that, uh, you know, he, he's unselfish. He doesn't have uh, like his his physique is a very Serbian physique. Like he he um he's, he's he doesn't have a LeBron James Zion Williamson physique. Like he's he's uh like kind of like an everyman, right? And and that that's sort of been what took people so long to kind of accept how good he was. And even some of the backlash, I think, like there was American backlash to him winning MVP, and it should have been Steph Curry, or he didn't deserve it, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I think, is just the way he looks. He doesn't look like he doesn't have this. Uh, you know, insane physique that we're kind of, you know, uh, accustomed to w- with the league superstars. And uh, so I, I think that was kind of part of the the pain. Like, I think there's an element here of like pain and rejection from Serbia. Like, because for Serbians, again, like ba- they love basketball. It's right up there with, with soccer as, you know, the, the two biggest sports in the country. And it's been a point of pride for them how much success they've been able to have over the years. And, and to be able mm-hmm. to say, We've won these medals. You know, we we won the the gold in two thousand two, and like we've we've had all these great players. And to have the MVP, that was a point of pride for them. But then to have the MVP not play for them, it's like it, it's almost you know it's almost kind of like when you, you know you see like the 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 jersey burning when a player leaves a team. It's like that's kind of the equivalent for them. Is like you know he didn't leave, he can still play the the next tournament, play the next Olympics, but it's kind of that visceral reaction of like LeBron James just left Cleveland. Like Kevin Durant just left OKC. Like that is sort of the reaction that happened in Serbia uh, based on him not playing. Yeah, it feels like kind of like an epic whiplash situation uh, just like emotionally for for the people there, which like you kind of like it, it helps you understand why they do feel so strongly. Um, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying. Like, yeah, maybe maybe if it was Maybe if it wasn't a text, um, <laughs> things things would have gone a little bit a little bit better. Um, do you feel like there's also this sense of like, you know, there was obviously a huge load that he was taking on, but also just a sense of like, well, you you got it out anyways. Sometimes. Oh yeah, and that was I kind of originally had a line in there about like Serbians don't care about the rest excuse. But I decided to cut that because I mean that, yeah. that was the truth. They were like we, <laughs> they're like as if you. Uh, if you have a broken leg, okay, you can't play. But if you're just tired from two seasons, like you should gut it out and play. And actually, it, it was something that didn't make the story. Uh, was one thing that worked against him was Luca and Luca and Slovenia mm-hmm. having the success that they had because they looked at. I mean, one, I think they made the gold medal game in their Olympic qualifier without him. If Jokic plays, they win that game and they potentially win a medal. But the, the, they're in that conversation again. Uh, but they looked at Luca came off, uh, you know, a playoff series, went directly mm-hmm. to Slovenia, played for them. They end up going uh, to the bronze game and they don't win a medal, but they get fourth, which is better than not even making the Olympics in, in Serbian's eyes. And there's a kind of a complex thing here with Luca, which is maybe its own podcast, but Luca is half Serbian and his, his dad is Serbian and yeah. Uh, he actually grew up speaking kind of Serbian first and has a very, like in, in his household, they actually spoke primarily Serbian despite him being, uh, you know, half Slovenian and his mom being Slovenian. So like 
Serbia kind of claims Luca, like like Serbians have like a fantasy of where like Luca just says like, no, I'm actually Serbian, not Slovenian, and like plays mm-hmm. for the Serbian team. That's probably not going to happen at this point because he's already played so many you know big games for Slovenia. But Serbians like kind of secretly claim Luca and are like, that's a Serbian boy, not a Slovenian. And then so there's like, but then they hold that in contrast to to Jokic, where they're like. He didn't play, but Luka did. And so there's kind of a Luka versus Jokic thing going on there. And then also people referencing uh, Pau Gasol and Luis Scola as those two dudes for 20 plus years played basically every Olympics, every national tournament. As long as they weren't injured, those two guys mm-hmm. played for Spain and Argentina respectively. And they're like, you only get a certain amount of Olympics. You only get a certain amount of international tournaments. If you really love your country, you're going to play... like. Pau Gasol played in the 2008 Olympics after making a finals run with the Lakers. Like that's kind of the way Serbians are are viewing the situation is like you either love your country and are playing for it and are battling through it or you don't. And I mean, I guess it goes even deeper than like, you don't want to play for the national team. You don't, it's it's like a rejection of your country and you kind Mm -hmm. of saying like, uh, it's also, there's a whole other thing, but like Serbia doesn't like America. I'll just leave it at that. A lot of stuff that happened in the nineties, the war, like, so there's also a thing of like, you're picking America over Serbia. And there's just so many layers to this story that it was hard to kind of write all this in, it was 3000 words. Uh, but like, th- th- there's a lot of layers that are a little bit deeper than even like the not playing for the national team. It's like what Luca's doing, who else has played for their national teams. And also this Serbia, not being the biggest fan of America. Yeah, I mean, God, that's so like. There's so much stuff that's interesting there. Like, uh, so like Lu- Luca and and Slovenia is is really that one's fascinating because like I, if I recall correctly, it's almost like Luca just kind of made a decision that he's going to claim Slovenia, and it was kind of strange to a lot of people because of like I mean it's such a it's such a small country and like you could probably accomplish more internationally with basketball playing for Serbia. Um, but he kind of like decided, and it's like you know I think anybody who you know, either has parents from somewhere else or or has, like, lived in different countries kind of negotiates with themselves, like, how much of each place they claim. Um, and it feels like, you know, he kind of just made a decision and it's going to be, it's just going to be that way. Most people don't have to, like, you know, draw a line in the sand. Like, you and I will never have to draw a line in the sand just yeah. to say, like, no, I'm, you know, th- these are these are where my loyalties lie. Um, and then, like, with, with Jokic, I mean, how much... How much, like, before this, or just, like, through, you know, all of his sort of, like, relationship with, like, the, the international team and, and basketball there, just, like, his relationship with the country, like, how much does he kind of claim Serbia? I mean, that that's kind of part of the thing here is that mm-hmm. they, you know, he hasn't, you know, he's skipped two of the last three tournaments. He doesn't mm-hmm. really do Serbian media. Uh, he, he does have some sponsorships there. Like, you, you, you saw that there's a... I mean, I, I put the the commercial in with, with the yelling beer, and uh, he he and Boban have some ads together and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. so you'll see him on billboards and, and stuff around the city. But uh, I think that that is kind of a thing that, like, he, he's also from, uh, you know, a a rural part of Serbia that, uh, like like uh, Sambor, like they they still love him. They never had an issue with him not playing just because you know it, it's it goes kind of beyond it for them where it's a hometown thing and he's their guy. Uh, but I think that that's sort of part of the issue is I, I think like they don't feel like he's put on as much as he could for Serbia or, or not as much recently. 
and and that kind of complicates the dynamic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think the other thing, I mean, the truth is, and this is kind of the, the way I ended the story is like, I think this, the next time he plays, if he ever plays again, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but I, I assume he will, but you, you don't know. If he plays and they win a gold medal or, or just medal at all, I think this will all be put in the past and it'll be a blip on his you know bio that you know maybe or maybe even not but uh at least in serbia in serbia it'll always be kind of noteworthy like i think this one in particular because it was an olympics and not a world championships or, or euro basket but i think if he ever brings a gold medal to serbia they like he'll be the king forever and they will forget because for them it is like all the guys that have won gold medals are untouchable and like they like they know the the full rosters. They know you know those players, and they're like the legends of Serbia. That uh, because objectively, Jokic is the best Serbian player ever. Like it's 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 not debatable. Like I mean, he, he won an MVP in, in the NBA. Like that that is he's and he's not even at his peak, arguably. Right? Like he, he's twenty six. He can still get better. In Serbia, they don't even view him as like a lot of people don't view him as a top ten Serbian player ever because of the lack of international success and his greatest thing being a silver medal in the Olympics. So I think if he ever wins a gold, uh, you know, I think most, most likely it'd probably be the world championships or, or Eurobasket. Uh, but if, if he wins a gold, he's the king of Serbia. And I think he'll rightfully be contextualized as like, okay, yeah, he was the best. We just like, weren't going to admit it until he won us a gold. Just as a, just as a behavior. Um, I love that for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's very transactional. But, like, like, you know, it, it's kind way, of like, yeah. Or yeah. it's like a one-sided yeah, dynamic. Like I don't. Yeah, it's interesting. It is very different, right? Like here, here you kind of want to anoint people even before they have done things. Like we are project, we project out like MVPs and championships, and and you know start ranking guys like before it's before they've not to say they haven't done anything, but like before like anything has been really written on, on like their legacy or anything. So it's it's definitely interesting. Like, do you feel like? Um, being like from from Sambor, like was that different than how some of the other guys like that that uh, that went on to play uh, professional basketball grew up? Like whether it was like Pija or or uh, or Divac. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's a little bit because I mean his biggest love is is horses, not basketball, right? Like I, I think if if he were, I mean if if he were five, like if he were five ten, obviously his chances of being an NBA player w- would be lower. Mm-hmm. But I think like he would be perfectly happy just like uh, you know having a farm with horses and like living that life uh, and that's eventually going to be the life that he lives you know sometime in uh, the future so I, I think for him he, he's just a little bit of a different dude like I, I think there is some Kawhi Tim Duncan to him where doesn't have social media doesn't do a lot of interviews like does not care at all about playing that you know like every athlete I think to some extent kind of plays the game of like I know I got to have certain relationships with the media or like I, I, I want to have a good relationship with the media and, and know that whatever I say could go viral or, or like people are going to be watching that. Jokic doesn't care. Like he, he, you know, he, he just, he's a different dude from that perspective. And I think part of that is his upbringing. Part of that's just his personality. Uh, and part of that's being Serbian where I, I think like, uh, again, as I said, uh, him being called the, the symbol of Serbia, like part of that was, Hey, he doesn't have social media. And like, we respect that about him. Like we like that. He's not kind of pandering. And, and, um, like, again, like a, a lot of non-American things that, that uh, about him, that's what Serbian, you know, Serbians love. So, uh, it, it's, 
it's again, it, it was a really complex story to work on. And like, th- there were so many layers to it that uh, it, it was really like peeling back an onion and, and trying to like figure out how do I contextualize? Like, Cause like, there's so many different versions of the story that I had written and like changed. And it was like, there's so many different ways to attack this. And, you know, I tried to ultimately kind of do the best job of balancing it, but uh, it, it was really, I had so much material to go off of and it was really more about like condensing it down. Was there a part of you that was afraid in the sense of like, okay, how do I not generalize the characteristics of an entire country, but also get across like what exactly is going on here on an emotional level? For sure. I, I think I, I try to use the voices in the story as like the driving force of that. Uh, I, you know, I, I myself had to, uh, I, I think that there were some points in which I kind of inserted my voice or, or, or my perspective. And I, I did, I did want to not generalize entirely. And, and that's where some of the hedging came in of like, you know, maybe a majority of people are upset with him, but I'm not going to say every Serb because then there's going to be the one person who comes out and says like, Oh, I'm not upset with him. And honestly, a lot of the, the Serbian legends, you know, I, I talked to, you know, Divots, um, I, I talked to, uh, Dehan, who's the, uh, his former coach and, and now the assistant coach with the Warriors, like. You know, a lot of them defended him and and had no issue. And and you know, Vladi had a quote about like people don't understand how hard an NBA season is, and I don't expect those people to you know kind of forgive him or, or look past it. But as someone who's played in the NBA, like I I can resonate with like it being such a toll on your body, and then you not wanting to play over the summer. Uh, so I mean, I think I don't know. I, I think it's. It's just so interesting. Like I, it's it's just such a, it's just such a difference. And and to me, I, th- I think there's a larger point of like, and we've kind of touched on this, but the modern international star has a different set of demands on them because of the national team stuff. And you look at American players, LeBron. You know, LeBron hasn't played in the last two Olympics, has gotten no flack for it. Uh, James Harden didn't, you know, just didn't play. Steph Curry, and it's okay because America has 50 players to pick from that any 12 man combination, they're going to be the favorite of the tournament. And, you know, they might not be as dominant as in previous seasons, but, or previous years, but they're going to be fine. If Jokic doesn't play for Serbia, if Giannis doesn't play for Greece, if Dirk didn't play for Germany, those teams are, are done. And even in, in Greece's case, like that, they're still, they haven't been that great with, with Giannis, but like, Jokic playing is the difference between Serbia potentially winning a silver medal versus them not even qualifying. And just that pressure on international players. But at the same time, they're being Americanized, being in America. And the American mindset is NBA team over Olympic team. Like guys have been making that choice for 20 plus years. And it's just such a like, it's like, do you, which one do you favor? And like a guy like Luca favored his national team. And it's like, Maybe that has an impact on on his Dallas play, but he didn't care. And whereas Jokic obviously favored, you know, Denver over the national team. It's just it's just interesting to see how this plays out in the long term because I think as more and more time goes on, international players I think are going to kind of have more American characteristics because that's what it takes to be competitive in the NBA. Is if if Jokic plays, like maybe he gets injured or or maybe he just doesn't get the break he needs, and that affects Denver. And I think. He's probably thinking more about his Denver legacy, honestly, than his national team legacy. Yeah, and I guess, I guess that's probably just like where the the Serbian fans just disagree with him or, or feel betrayed. And like that's you know that's just kind of one of the things that happens. Like when you 
when you move like it is just you know you're going to be influenced by the by the culture that that you're living in um whether that's you know what you feel like is the most important basketball goal or just like you know taking the time to like tend to your own individual needs and you know there's also a good chance that like you know, five years from now, when when Luca has to start caring about his his health uh, a lot more than he does now, like he might not be making those making those same decisions. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack, or as an add on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. Do you have any sense of how Jokic feels about this whole situation? Well, he he declined to talk about it. And and at at the point I asked, it was... Uh, more of a, I would say it was more of a positive. It was more of a positive point in the story. So even mm-hmm. at that point, like I was gonna ask about the national team stuff, but it was more pitched as like, hey, I'm just writing about the relationship with Serbia and, uh, you know, sort of you winning MVP and what it means for the country. And I'm sure he, he probably inferred that there was going to be a, a bit of the national team mm-hmm. stuff and, and the backlash. But uh, you know, so decline that. Uh, I, I would assume. That, I mean, he clearly doesn't regret it because one interesting thing that I, I put in the story was on, on media day, a uh, Denver reporter asked him like, hey, I ran into a uh, Serbian fan and spoke with, with, with them and they said they were very disappointed that you didn't play for the Olympic team this offseason. And Jokic kind of being uh, a bit of a smart ass back was like oh well we didn't qualify for the olympic team and why is that Jokic? (laughs) they were were like well the olympic qualifier and he's like ah yeah uh like as if he didn't know and then he's like well you know i made a decision whether it was a good or bad decision i stand by it and uh a a nuggets reporter tweeted that exchange and a bunch of serbian fans responded to it quote tweeting it cussing out Jokic, saying he should never touch a serbian jersey again like replying to it and it got a lot of the same backlash on reddit so i think like he i think he's aware of it i'm sure like i don't think anyone especially if you're coming from a different country you don't want your country to be upset with you i think that's just a natural human emotion but at the same time he's not really doing like the damage control either that you know like he's not he didn't come out and apologize and say he he was upset that serbia didn't qualify like he, he has not addressed it you know, otherwise. So I think he, he, he's just kind of a, the mindset, like I made the best decision for me. I'm going to stand by it. And of course I don't want Serbians to be upset with me, but I can't control that. And I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I, I'm, I'm going to do me. And 
he did that. And again, I, I think in the future, if he plays for the national team, wins a medal, uh, even if he doesn't win a medal, I think just the act of playing for the national team, it's going to get him some goodwill. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's clear again, it's like with, with Kawhi or Tim Duncan, like they would do certain things where like you, you might not really understand it or, or might be surprised by it, but you're like, that's just, that's their character. That that's how they are. And I think Jokic is, is cut from a similar cloth and, and that's just, he's a different dude. Yeah. He's never felt really like much of a need to explain himself before. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's something that's been true about him pretty much like whether, whether he's been like really well liked or, or not. Um, he's just kind of, you know, if you see him after, after a loss, like he's usually just like a little bit annoyed um, and doesn't really give much. Like he's just, he's always kind of been, been that guy. Um, how long had you been wanting to write this story? Or Since a story April. like this? Since April. Yeah. So about, it was about almost six months. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I started it officially in July. So I, I worked on it for about three months before it came out. Did you learn anything about, um, you know, just your own relationship with all of these ideas? Yeah, I, I think... I almost feel like it was it was predetermined that I would love basketball based on just like, you know, because I, I had known I'd known a bit about Serbian basketball history, but just kind of learning even more and, and having the conversations. Uh, I know on a, on a personal level, uh, I actually did a, a Nugget Serbia podcast earlier today, and they asked me kind of a, a similar question. And one thing I said was like, uh, like for me, when I would play basketball, like you you know me, I'm a very like laid back, chill guy. But when I play basketball, I have like this alter ego that comes out and like, I'm a hothead. And I, I like, you know, I, when I played in high school, I would get technicals and flagrants. And like, I just kind of had this like different version yeah. of me that came out. And that's definitely my Serbian side. Like that, that is <laughs> like, just, I, I, I've realized that like, that is my Serbian blood. That is, uh, you know, coming out, like just the passion and, um, you know, not really caring about being, uh, like kind of being a little vulgar and a little bit crossing the line and like that, that is, uh, and again, I'm not trying to generalize all Serbians here, but, um, as like, you know, we're just, I just doing a character analysis of you in this moment. So. We're, we're analyzing me here. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just from the conversations and like just, just some of the things people say, like I, I could relate to, and I think I learned more about my, my culture and my history from, from this story. And that was, you know, now I've, I've written a couple of these where I, the Balkan boy story from the bubble, I did this story. And it's something I, I want to continue to do is, is kind of uh, diving into Serbian stories and, and when appropriate, you know, writing about it. And it's, it's definitely felt, I've definitely felt closer to my roots than, than ever before. That's dope. I hope you keep doing it. Um, before we started recording, me and, uh, me and Bobby Wagner, who's producing for us today, uh, we're talking about LA versus New York and uh, Jovan hopped in right at that, right at that time. <laughs> and I said that, if there is anybody I've met who is from LA, who is like very much like meant to stay in LA and be there forever, it's it's him. Um, so it's very it was it's surprising hearing this uh, this side of you. I've never seen it before. I've never played basketball with you though, so that probably has well, something. Well, to, to play do basketball with it. and you'll, you'll see the the elbows and the because um, because even I mean you yoke like Jokic was a problem for him earlier in his career where he'd get the tease he he you know he wouldn't like a foul true. call and he would get upset like that's kind of what I'm like. It's just kind of that that passion where you you, you kind of have a little, little bit of a temper, and mm -hmm. I, I would have that when I would play. Does it frustrate you hearing uh, people call European players soft? We don't hear as much anymore, but yeah, because uh, I, I I think I mean if you, if you watch international basketball, it's 
I think it's tougher than the NBA. And, and like, mm-hmm. I think the flopping stuff, they, they were kind of uh, ahead of the curve where, you know, not unlike James Harden or, or Trey Young or, or Chris Paul, like using it to their advantage. And what, when Vladi would defend Shaq, he would use the flopping. And it was like, well, if I just guard Shaq on the post, he's going to dunk on my face or score over me. Like, but if I flop and, and get an offensive foul, like that is a kind of smart way to defend him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, of course, there have been certain international guys that have been soft and, and haven't lived up to expectations. But uh, I mean, if you look at a guy like Giannis, you, you can't really say that guy's soft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there's several international players. Uh, and, and even Jokic, like, even though he doesn't have that frame necessarily that we associate with strength or, or whatever, like, he's a he strong, strong dude and, and, and yeah. he's, he's tough. And look at his brothers. Like, <laughs> you don't want to mess with those guys. So I, I think, yeah, I, th- I think that, that, stereotype is is going away but i think again it'll continue to go away as we see uh more athletic kind of what we think of when we think of like strong and tough like more of the Giannis types moving forward like i think that stereotype is going to be if it's not already gone it's going to be gone soon i think yeah i think it was draymond last season who was talking about like just how strong Jokic is and like no one quite realizes that like it's once he gets in a spot it's like impossible to get him out of it um and he's also like he's not necessarily somebody who won't throw an elbow you know it's not that yeah. he you know he mixes goes out of his way to do it but he, he he'll do it every once in a while um like he's still like he's very much like like he's brought the post post up back in a way that like is much more physical than i think like joel Embiid, who he was compared to a lot a lot last season like he he was very much just kind of like we ignore it a little bit because of his finesse and his touch and how pretty his passes are. But like the guy's a, a really, really big part of his game is and his unguardability is actually built on on that strength and that toughness. Um, and I'm glad that we have an opportunity to understand this man who never explains himself a, a little bit better. Uh, Jovan, thanks so much for for hopping on today. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you giving uh, the story some love and, and some spotlight and. Uh, again, if you have not checked it out yet, uh, be sure it's pinned to my Twitter page at Yovan Buha. So you can click it. And uh, if you're subscribed to The Athletic, read it. Or if you haven't subscribed, it would be great to subscribe to the story. So uh, thank you for, for having me on and, and allowing me to talk about it. There you go. Get after it, Yovan. Uh, thank, thank you for, for joining. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.